This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Election College, episode 282, Florence Harding. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey, Ben, there is behind every great man an even better woman. And, uh, you know, Florence Harding, probably a better character maybe than her husband (laughs) as we look back on the annals of history but you know was she a conspirator was she kind of shady herself well i guess we can dive right into it florence mabel Kling is who florence harding was before she was florence harding she was also something else before then and uh you know she was born there in marion ohio she's the oldest of three kids and her dad was a banker there in Marion. Yeah, so she's really interested in becoming a concert pianist, which, you know, there's a lot of pianists out there and a lot of good ones. It takes a lot to become a concert pianist that's playing a lot of shows and stuff. So she goes to the Cincinnati Conservatory of Music, uh, but then when she's 19 years old, she decides she wants to get married instead, and she elopes with Henry Atherton Pete DeWolf. And they get married over in Columbus, Ohio in January of 1880. And Florence ends up giving birth to their only child, actually, uh, whose name is Marshall Eugene in 1880. And not long after that, things don't work out so well. And they end up getting separated and then divorced in 86, just uh, about six years after they get married. Yeah, and so there's some shadiness like with the whole first marriage because there wasn't anything recorded, I guess, in the uh, county records. But hey, the Marion Star, it was recorded there. And that's where our buddy Warren G is working. And, you know, I, I guess if nothing else, it was a common law marriage. So why not? And after uh, after the divorce, shortly thereafter, about four years after, Florence becomes engaged to Warren, our buddy Gamaliel Harding, the owner of the newspaper. And she's an older woman. She's like five years older, which I don't know if that makes a difference. But there they are, all happy and Marion. They get married in 1891. And her dad is like, you do not need to be marrying this guy because all he is looking to do is climb up the social ladder. And you're kind of a big deal, Flo. (laughs) <laughs> but she's like, no, daddy, daddy, he's a good guy. I 
I want him. So during that time when they were married, uh, they didn't have any kids of their own throughout their marriage, but Marshall, her son from her first marriage, did live with them periodically. And of course, you know, Warren being the owner of a newspaper really encourages him to work in journalism, get into the field, etc. While there are different times when Warren Harding is sick and ill and everything, and during those times, Florence pretty much becomes the business manager of the Marion Star. And it pretty readily becomes obvious that she is talented, she has the character, she knows what's going on, she can run this newspaper. Uh, So she organizes a bunch of different departments, she makes circulation better, she gets distribution better, uh, trains all the guys who stand out, you know, the newsboys, the guys who stand out on the corner and say, paper, five cents, or whatever. Uh, She's just a great overall business manager. Really, one of these one of these newsboys later on said, uh, and that was actually Norman Thomas, who was a presidential candidate for the Socialist Party. He says that Warren Harding is not really the brains of the operation. He's just the front man. And Florence is the one making everything tick. And so that really just shows that she was ahead of her time, I guess you could say. And uh, so much so that when she gets ill with nephritis, which is floating kidney, I've never heard of that, Ben. That sounds painful. I've heard it. Uh, I've heard of it as the official name, but never as floating kidney. Man, does that mean your kidney feels like it's floating all over the place? I don't know. Maybe. You ever wonder about that? Just like, I know there's muscles and everything like that that keep your guts all in check and in the right place. But man, if my kidney were floating all over the place, that would be weird. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you sail and you have to pee that you're floating, but I don't think that's the same thing. Yeah, I don't think so. But, you know, there she is. She's sick. And she's been driving the train or the bus or the trolley or, I don't know, the streetcar of the of the newspaper there at the turn of the century. And while she's getting better, her husband is hanging out with Miss Carrie Phillips. Yeah. And they're doing their thing. And Flo is like... uh Maybe I should divorce the guy, but it never does happen. But she knows he's a creep. Yeah. So in 1914, Warren had pretty much, well, he's in the Senate. And a lot of this is due to the you know great influence that Florence has behind the scenes, her being a great public image for him. And by 1920, he is really being considered for the presidential nomination, like we talked about in the past. Uh, she's very supportive. She goes and sees a clairvoyant in Washington named Madame Marsha. And Madame Marsha says, yeah, Warren's going to become the president, but he's going to die in office. Uh, so you can imagine how, what kind of news that was. And I assume if she went to see a clairvoyant, she was very, uh, she believed in those kind of things that they were able to actually see the future. So um, that would have been disturbing. But part of the, the big problem during this time is that Carrie Phillips is attempting to extort the president and say, hey, I'm going to come out and tell everybody what's going on if, you know, I assume you don't pay me money or give me what I want, basically. Well, it didn't come to fruition, but Florence is just pushing through. She's pushing through that. She's pushing through, you know, being a candidate's wife, which is difficult in its own right. And there's a lot of people asking weird questions about her first marriage and, you know, 
what went on, why things weren't recorded right and everything. But basically she said she had been widowed um, because Henry DeWolf had passed at that point and nobody could ask really any more questions. Yeah. So she's pretty slick in her own right. And uh, on March the 4th of 1921, she becomes the first lady. She immediately gets involved in national politics. And at times it appears that uh, she's more powerful than her husband. And, uh, she is very influential in selecting cabinet members. And at the inauguration, she's like, yo, uh, Gamaliel, dude, uh, here's what you need to say. Um, because I wrote the speech. And if you know what's good for you, you better say this. So she's very outspoken on uh, her views, uh, which ranged from everything from the League of Nations to uh, race relations to women's suffrage. Uh, Madame Curie, she visits the White House during this time, and she's like, whoa, Florence, she is quite the achiever, and, you know, she's a supportive wife, and that's what you're supposed to say in the 1920s, right? And she champions different things, uh, such as supporting uh, veterans of the Great War, and she's all the while hosting parties, and her husband calls her the Duchess She's very with the times, basically. Uh, she's flying around on planes. She's wearing all the newest fashions. She's showing movies after dinner. She's secretly giving guests to the White House booze during Prohibition. I mean, she's the first First Lady to vote. She's the first First Lady to operate a movie camera. She's the first First Lady to own a radio. And she even invited some movie stars to the White House, which a little bit taboo during that time. So... Definitely, you can imagine that Florence was the woman that a lot of people desired to be. She, high in position, but also uh, definitely seems like she had the knowledge and, and earned the respect she got. Yeah, so being that influential and that popular and that sophisticated, all all those components of what a first lady we would expect nowadays to be. By 1923, she and uh, Warren G were like, let's go on this voyage of understanding, even though we're both really sick. And everywhere they went, people were like, oh man, Florence is awesome. You're great. Hey, Warren, you're kind of looking a little sickly. And so he dies, right? In August of 1923, he passes away at the Palace Hotel in San Francisco. And it's alleged that Florence could have poisoned her husband. Uh, this has been discredited. This was written in a semi-fiction book called The Strange Death of President Harding. Uh, that's where this idea uh, where she poisoned Warren. I, I just don't feel right calling him Warren. Gamaliel. Gamaliel. It seems right. Where, yeah. yeah, where she allegedly poisoned him. It, I don't think it happened. No, it was definitely unsubstantiated, but, you know, people like to, to make guesses on things. So after Gamaliel <laughs> passes away, uh, Florence settles down in Washington and really intends to make a new life there. And she's planning to go take a tour of Europe. Uh, but her kidney malfunction comes back and she follows the doctor's advice. She uh, just kind of settles in, doesn't decide to go to Europe, hunkers down essentially. And she went to the local Remembrance Parade, uh, Remembrance Day Parade. And she, you know, she's there saluting the veterans. And that was her last public appearance. She passes away in November of 1924. Uh, she 
dies of renal failure. So uh, not very long, only a year, a little over a year after her husband had passed away, uh, she passes away as well. So her grandkids, George and Eugenia, they are the heirs to her estate. And she and Warren Gamaliel, who's going to be the last one of us that gets to say Gamaliel? Oh, I don't know. I'm probably going to try to slip it in next episode. Gamaliel. Anyway, um, yeah, they are buried. Well, actually, they're held a little bit. Their bodies are held in the receiving vault at Marion's City Cemetery until the Harding tomb was completed. This tomb is wicked crazy. It looks like a Greek like temple thing. They wanted to be buried outside. That was one of their wishes. So it's an open-air temple-type Greek-looking structure. It's the last of the what do you i don't know how you would say it ornate presidential tombs yeah it's out there so if you're ever in marion ohio which is like in the middle of the state you can go visit it and i don't know pay tribute to a couple of the shrewdest politicians of the early 20th century you know that's interesting i never really thought about the fact that a lot of the recent presidents didn't have big fancy extravagant burial places but you know, love him or hate him. I feel like Donald Trump, when he dies, whenever that is, not wishing it upon him, but whenever it is, that there's going to be some extravagant tomb built for him. It just he just seems like the like the guy that would want a, a giant lavish monument. Lots of gold. Yeah, probably some lions or something. You or know, horses. I could go for some half gold. like peg. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what, you know what, go ahead. Yeah. I think you're on the right track. Here. I was, I was, you know, we were tracking there. I yeah. think that, uh, we were both, uh, thinking about kind of that currency, the great currency of podcasts. And that of course is when you leave a review and a rating of the podcast. So if you would go to electioncollege.com slash review, you can, uh, you know, spend 18.36 eight seconds of your time just you know saluting the podcast and what it means to you we'd appreciate it yeah and if you really want to keep helping us out by really not going out of your way at all if anytime you're thinking about buying something on amazon or you're just like going to amazon to browse around if you would go to electioncollege.com slash amazon it'll take you right to amazon.com you will spend the same amount of money you would have anyway and we will get a percentage of that uh, you don't pay up any more, and we get somewhere between 4 and 7% just by going to electioncollege.com slash Amazon. And uh, while you're thinking about Election College and all of the amazing things that happen as a result of the podcast, well, there's some amazing things happening in our Facebook group. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you can hang out with us, hang out with some of your fellow listeners. Lots of cool things happening there online it is electioncollege.com slash group you'll be taken to our facebook group it's private we ask you a lot of crazy questions like who are your favorite who's your favorite president and where are you located just because i don't know we like to know where you're from we want to have a place to sleep on somebody's couch when we're traveling that's the real reason yeah exactly so um then we have a shorter episode this week but you know Hopefully people will go and look up Florence Harding and research her life a little bit more as a result. And these were real people who lived and 
had their own controversies throughout our grandparents' lives. Our great-grandparents' lives, I guess, depending on how old you are. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big-